On this episode, we take a deep dive into social media best practices for advisors. What makes engaging content and how can you make it? How to reach the right audience and how to differentiate your content from everyone else. All this and a whole lot more coming up on Wealth Management Today. Invest in Others Foundation is a nonprofit that recognizes financial advisors for their exceptional charitable work. The nominations window for the 13th annual awards gala is now open. I was fortunate enough to attend the gala last year, and one of my favorite parts was the video interviews they did with each advisor about their charity work. It was an incredibly moving experience to see the tremendous impact that these charities provide back to their communities and how Invest in Others was helping. If you know a financial advisor who is actively giving back to a charity, please nominate them at investinothers.org forward slash nominate by April 5th. Winners will have a chance to receive up to $50,000. Yes, that's $50,000 for the nonprofit they support. This is a great way to highlight the good that exists within the financial services arena. I'd like to encourage all of my listeners to submit the name of an advisor they know to invest in others since I'm sure their charity could use some of these extra funds to help their cause. Today's guest is Kevin Mulhern, co-founder and CEO of AdvisorStream. He founded AdvisorStream a little over six years ago and was a founder of three previous startups, including a Canadian retail brokerage firm, a new media outlet for financial services, and a cloud-based educational company that was headquartered in Japan. AdvisorStream is an automated content marketing platform built specifically for financial advisors to help them create and deliver powerful client communications and engagement. You know, there are a number of similar products in the market, but one of the unique features of AdvisorStream that I really like is the way they consume and present every piece of content. They don't just email out links like other products do, which can be behind paywalls and even have ads for competing providers. Now, what AdvisorStream does is they have agreements with the major content providers and then displays their content totally free of advertising, except for the financial advisor's picture and contact information. This delivers a premium client experience, and I really like the product. I've been looking forward to having Kevin on the show for a while. So please join me in welcoming Kevin. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you uh, on the podcast. So, Kevin, I just wanted to jump right in. You know, so looking at your background, doing some research uh, before uh, we talked, uh, I see you used to be a consultant, which is one of the things I really like about you. Okay. Considering I'm a consultant. So yeah. from, a, from a, a background where you were a consultant and then you know, worked at Pricemetrics, where, mm-hmm. how did you come to found AdvisorStream? Yeah, so I, it's a good question. Um, it was pretty clear to me uh, through some other work that I did that there was a, a real opportunity in the marketplace. I, I have been building like, web-based tools, uh, and you know, now AdvisorStream is a SaaS-based company. But before we had the word software as a service, we really had client-server software, and, 
and before that, uh, you know, on-premise software. And I've been building, uh, I don't want to make myself sound like I'm 70, but, um, but, you know, I've been around for a while. I've been building tools for advisors for almost 20 years at TD Water, for TD Waterhouse in, in five different countries. And then I became a, I, I was very fortunate in becoming an, a partner in a high net worth brokerage firm up in Canada. And uh, that was where I really saw an opportunity. I was working for a firm. Um, there was eight of us. We were uh, funded by a family called the Richardson family out of Winnipeg. And uh, they gave us a great opportunity. They said, here's, uh, here's all the money you'll need. Go build a brokerage from uh, the ground up with no legacy systems holding you back and make it extremely tech-focused in, in, in how it operates. And so that was a real opportunity. And during that period, and that was uh, uh, up until about 2008, seven or eight, that I was there, and then I left. But I realized when I was there that, like TD Waterhouse and like time I did spend at Morgan Stanley um, and, and at this firm, G. Richardson uh, Financial Partners, um, I really saw an opportunity to help out advisors with marketing. Um, the internet was exploding, obviously. Social media was up and coming. Uh, websites had become commonplace uh, for advisors, uh, but they didn't really seem to be benefiting from those tools. They didn't seem to naturally uh, gravitate in, into a way that they could put them together, their websites, their email communications, and this up-and-coming social media platforms. So that's when I got together with Martin Hill, my CTO, um, and we started mapping out Advisor Stream. So when you started coming up with Advisor Stream, was there um, a specific goal of, of helping advisors mm -hmm. to increase this thing. Like what, what was your goal? It was it increasing their business growth or was it more uh, it's, to get them in, into the, into the, the sphere of social media? Yeah. It was, it's a couple things. Uh, I can tell you, we, we said, what problems are we answering? And that's kind of how we approach everything is, is even when we're adding new features to advisor stream or new tools into advisor stream, we always ask ourselves, what problems are we fixing? What problems are we addressing? And we have an advisory board, and that advisory board uh, has 12 advisors from different companies across the country. Uh, Edmund Walters has joined that advisory board. He's also a board member. Um, and we asked them, you know, is this a big problem? And whatever it is that we're, we're wanting to address. So initially, we said to ourselves, there's a couple problems that we want to address, um, and they are retention and expansion. Um, two obvious things that every business needs to address, but financial advisors hadn't really been given digital tools to do that. So we were trying to ensure that you had high client retention, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, and then secondly, we wanted to capture you net new business, new accounts from existing clients and new accounts from net new clients, new leads that we would help you capture. So <clears throat> the first problem, retention, is actually not a problem, but if you have a high, it is if you don't have a high retention rate, but if you have a high retention rate, it's not a problem at all. It's an opportunity to find new accounts through uh, very engaged clients. So the first problem was retention, and the second problem we wanted to be part of the solution for was expansion. Um, 
And, and that's really still how we see things today. Um, there's a lot of studies out there. Um, we're happy to provide a study. Well, we, we actually have something we call the investor communication landscape, which is a, a tracking of a number of studies that we do here at AdvisorStream so that we can have a clear view on the challenges and opportunities that face advisors if they, um, if they want to leverage digital marketing. And in some, I, won't, I won't ring off all the studies, but I will tell you that, you know, advisors would say to us, digital marketing, how can I use it? And why should I do it? And if I don't do it, what's a, what are the consequences? And so we always answer those questions by saying, you know, uh, there's a great Vanguard study actually um, on engagement, client engagement. And uh, one, one of the insights that came out of that study is that engaged clients, so engaged clients who report feeling engaged, regularly being contacted by their advisor, receiving regular communications from their advisor, whether that's through email or through social media or, or through other means, websites, et cetera, um, they'll invest twice as much of their, their, uh, their assets and, um, and they'll refer their advisor twice as much as someone who doesn't feel engaged or doesn't feel like they receive an adequate level of communication from their advisor. So those are the answers to two important things. One, why should you use digital marketing? And the answer is you can grow your business much quicker from your existing clients and from new clients. And then secondly, you know, we talk to advisors everywhere and sometimes we'll hear advisors say, you know, I've got a business, a big business. Uh, I've got a great group of clients. I've got a great book. Um, I've been around for 25 years or 35 years. Why should I, why should I embrace digital marketing now? And, you know, that's a question that's, that, that's a really good question. It might sound strange, but why should someone bother to, you know, deploy digital marketing uh, techniques or tools? And the reality is that expectations of investors, of clients, it's changing rapidly. And there's a, there's a number of studies out there showing this. Um, one great study uh, by Salesforce um, been tracking for years now where client communications ranks is in the, in the scale of importance to a, an investor. And it's a great study. And one of the insights from that study that I, that I think is very powerful is that the number, the second most cited reason that an investor will give for leaving their advisor. So reasons they cite for leaving their current advisor relationship is lack of communication. Um, it's the second most cited reason. The third reason, the third most cited reason is actually bad advice. So we're, we're now in a world where investors expectations for communication and contact is really, and it makes sense, but it's much, much higher than it was even five years ago. Um, that being number two, it used to be number seven a few years ago. It's very quickly moving up that, that ladder of importance of value that an investor sees in their advisor. And, uh, you know, we could talk about that forever, but I, I like to, I like to, and I, as I said, we could provide all the tracking we do on different studies, but those are two points we always try to make is if you use digital marketing and you engage your clients, you'll get a larger share of wallet from each client. You'll get, a big increase in referrals from your existing clients 
you'll identify new account opportunities from new clients. And if you don't communicate consistently, and you don't use automated digital tools to do that, you do really, um, you do really put yourself in, in the line of fire for defections of clients today. And that's more and more true. It's true across all age groups, across all account sizes, that the, that the expectations for communication have greatly increased over the last few years. Kevin, that was a very robust answer, and you covered three other points that I was going to ask you later. So, okay, well, well done. What, one thing I wanted to ask was, can you can you explain uh, provide a definition of digital marketing? What what is it, and what isn't what isn't part of digital marketing? What a great! I've never heard that question. Um, geez. Give me 30 seconds and I'll... <laughs> well, the point, the reason I asked, I'll, I'll, I'll vamp while you think a bit, is, sure. is that people think they know what, what digital marketing is, but I, I think there's, there might be more to it or, or less to it that, mm-hmm. and what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many different outlets. Is it just posting on social media? Is it just sending out emails? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is there something more than that? Yeah. And so when you say digital marketing, yeah. uh, you know, I think a lot of people think they know what that means, but yeah. they, maybe they don't. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good question. And one maybe should be asked and answered a lot more often. Um, So digital marketing to me is a whole collection of tools that's still growing and will continue to grow. Um, You know, what at advisor stream, we identify um, the different channels that can be used for digital marketing. And let me be more uh, specific. Uh, we at AdvisorStream, and there are lots of tools out there, and there's lots of good tools out there. We want everyone to try AdvisorStream, but there's lots of good tools out there. Uh, and I'll tell you why ours is a little different. But digital marketing for us is an omni-channel program uh, of communication. And so let me break that down a little bit. Omni-channel, so all-channel or omni-channel. Really for us, that's email-based communications, which are outbound, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Then there are Social media-based tools, obviously Facebook at AdvisorStream, we use Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter as partners and as, as places that we uh, send relevant content to. So we use email, we use social media, and we use websites and blogs, okay? And we <clears throat> see how that they all of these different channels actually work together in concert to ensure that your clients and your prospects can interact with you however they want to. So if they like to, uh, to read through social media, news feeds, great. We'll, we'll ensure, AdvisorStream will ensure the most relevant, premium, credible content that you've created and that other publishers like our partners, like Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg or New York Times or Barron's, whatever it is, those are, we will ensure that we draw the right content for your business and post that on social media, or we'll also post that on your website simultaneously. And of course, we use relevant, premium, credible content to support your messaging through email. So, so what is digital marketing? It's a collection of channels. It's a collection of tools that allow you to communicate through these digital channels. And they can work together. Now, I can talk about that later, how they do actually work together. And Michael Kitts is uh, does a great job um, of this. And you and I, Craig, have had great conversations about, about this. But I think the last conversation we had, it was at T3 in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Just outside of Dallas there. Uh, but yeah, it's, digital marketing is not one thing. It's a collection of things. AdvisorStream automates 
the use of all those different channels, we automate the delivery of your content and supporting third-party content through all of those channels. So I don't know if that's kind of a wide answer, but digital marketing is not one thing. It's a collection of digital tools and, and a collection of channels to deliver your message and your content. That's a great answer. This is the part of the podcast where I turn on my guest. So do you think, uh, is it possible? Yes. That the, when, the, when, the, when clients say that their lack of, lack of communication is a big problem, yes. they mean face-to-face -face communication and that, they, that the digital communication isn't as effective. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a great um, thing to, to focus on. Uh, clients want all types of communications. And again, and, and there's some great studies I can, I can share with you on this. Face-to-face -face communication is the best communication anybody could ever have. <laughs> um, I certainly feel that way. I think most clients feel that way. But I would caveat that by saying not all people want as much face-to-face -face communication as you might think. So expectations and desires for a blended approach to communicating with clients is required today. And, it, and, you know, and people say, oh, you, you're talking about millennials. Millennials don't like to meet people face-to-face. -face. That's not true. Um, you know, it's not an age category preference. There are people in every age category, and again, every account size, who want some face-to-face -face personal meetings and communication, but they might not want that every quarter. Um, they might want that once a year, or they might want that twice a year. Um, and what we're realizing, um, and it's becoming fairly obvious to everyone I, at this stage, is that people want a blend of communication. So they want you to be communicating to them. They want to know that you consistently care about them, value them, and provide thought leadership and, and informational and educational content that's relevant to them. They want to know that their advisor is out there monitor, monitoring the world's events and their portfolio and ensuring that their client and their client's whole household is being looked after, even if they aren't in front of you every quarter or every month or, you know, um, at all the time. They want to be sure that they're hearing from you, whether that's via email or via text for even uh, to in today's world, or by uh, having an update sent to them from, from your social media feeds or from your website. They definitely will also want face-to-face -face communication, but I think maybe not as much as they once did, uh, given all the availability of different ways to receive valuable information today. So I think everyone wants face-to-face -face communication. I don't think everybody wants as much face-to-face -face communication as they once did, as long as that is being supported by other means and digital means of, of, of providing uh, uh, touch points. Another uh, subject you covered in your previous answer, which I was going to ask you about, is your partnership with Apprise Labs and uh, Edmund Walters yeah. being on your, your, your board. How did yeah. that come about? How, how did it come about that you got Edmund, uh, who's a, yeah. a, obviously a great leader in the industry and uh, a, lot of, a lot of experience building up e-money uh, and now moving on to something new? How did you get him on your board and how did the a whole partnership with his new venture come about? Okay, yeah, I mean... I think most people know Edmund. Um, he is he is a visionary kind of guy. 
Um, and we are extremely ecstatic and we are benefiting in a major way from, from working with Edmund. We are ecstatic, as I've said, to, to have availability to Edmund. He is a busy guy. I do spend a fair amount of time with Edmund. Um, and uh, so, so we're just so fortunate to have him help us grow our business, which he certainly has been doing. Um, I met Edmund a long time ago, about, well, about three years ago. And believe it or not, um, I met him because he found us. Edmund is constantly out there looking for new tools and new ways uh, to improve advisors' practices. Edmund was an advisor for a long time before he built eMoney. And uh, so he just comes at, he comes at, at things from the eyes and the, the perspective of an advisor. So he's constantly out there looking for new tools, new technologies that he thinks uh, could be valuable. And that's really what happened with AdvisorStream. He found us, uh, we think we were at a, at a marketing conference in New York about three years ago, um, maybe even three and a half years ago. Uh, it was right around Christmas time, I think three years ago. And um, yeah, he reached out to us and he, by the time I talked to him, he had already completely vetted our platform. <laughs> he had already got himself an account or had someone get an account, completely vetted it. Um, knew everything about what what we did before I ever spoke my first words with him, and my first conversation with him was great. He basically said, "I need you to get down to Philadelphia immediately." <laughs> so I said, "Okay," and uh, we started talking, <clears throat> and then uh, things progressed later on. He was pretty busy with a number of things, so we unfortunately couldn't work with him for a couple years there after he sold the money. That was fine. It was great to meet him and and uh, to be on his radar. Um, and then following a, a number of things he was focused on, um, he started with a prize labs and started building out a prize labs. I think something he had had in his mind for some time. And, uh, he immediately saw how we would integrate and fit into a prize labs. And, uh, of course we are very excited to be part of that, um, for a number of reasons. I think it's a really, really great tool and one that's going to take off, um, and not to mention um, him being able to pull together people like, you know, Jud Judson Bergman and, and Bob uh, from Money Guide Pro and, and to get them to work together is something so only someone like Edmund could do. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're thrilled to be uh, to be on that ride with him. Do you see that as a big part of your strategy, partnering with fintech firms to become the the social media output uh, of their product? Yeah, um, you know what? This brings up really important kind of thing that we, we, we would like everyone to think about when they, when they think about AdvisorStream. And that is, we're, and you hear this term a lot, we're an automated marketing platform. And, uh, you know, we, you and I just discussed what is marketing anyway, digital marketing, what, like what is it really? And what it is, as we said, is a bunch of tools put working together in concert to deliver the right content to all channels so that you are consistently communicating and having touch points with your clients. And why advisor stream is different than anyone else is we focus on content marketing. So um, you'll hear that phrase a lot too. And what does that mean? Well, it's really the heart of the way advisor stream um, approaches digital marketing. So we believe that content is king in that, 
the content experience. So when your clients are reading an article or watching a video of yours, um, you want that content to be the most premium, credible, valuable content and content experience, frankly, the watching or the reading of content um, that you can possibly provide. So Advisor Stream believes that we are very focused, the most focused of, of the different options for, out there for advisors. We are the most focused on content and content intelligence. That's where we're really focused. Um, what does that mean? It means we have millions of data points around all of our content that's streaming in from our publishing partners into our library in real time every day. We have all of that data. And we also have individual profiles on every single uh, of every single investor. So every an advisor who uses Advisor Stream, all of his or her clients were constantly tracking and monitoring and evolving a profile on every single one of their clients. And it's a content consumption profile. So we know exactly what is the most engaging content, what focuses each investor, each client or each prospect is, is really, um, really engaging with. So we know if they're really interested in insurance right now, or if they're really interested in another product or in another need, whether that's portfolio rebalancing or they're worried about volatility or that they, they, they're reading a lot of information around, you know, um, estate planning or gifting or whatever it is. So, so content marketing for us is at the heart of good marketing in general. Um, we think content is king just like your, your podcast here. Um, you know, everybody can buy the podcast tools and everybody can start their own podcast, but depending on how good the content is, is going to dictate how many listeners you get. And that's the same thing with an advisor. If you have valuable content to deliver, you have valuable message, valuable guidance and thought leadership for your clients, they will share that with their friends and those friends will share it with their friends. And you will build your business, not just increase client uh, share wallet, but you're, gonna, you're going to be heard by people that you don't even know because your message is going to travel digitally through the networks of your clients and the people they know. So content is king, and we feel that digital marketing is, best, uh, is most effective when it, it leans heavily on highly credible, highly engaging, current content. You hit on another one of my topics I had on my list of things to talk to you about. When you're engaging, when advisors are engaging their clients and when they're, when they're tracking the analytics uh, on your yeah. platform and they're saying, hey, this client's interested in insurance, do you recommend right. they reach out to that client and say, hey, I, see, I saw you were looking up insurance. We've got a great in new insurance policy for you. How, how do they approach that? Yeah, that's, uh, you got it. Um, so, I, I won't try to explain uh, how the user interfaces work and, and how we do that um, on radio just because it's tough. But the answer is, yeah, we do that. We identify, we call it smart lists. Um, we, we launched artificial intelligence. Everybody's talking about artificial intelligence. And a vast majority of the time when you hear it, it's being used as a marketing term and, and it's not um, really a valid use of the word. Um, at, in it, in, at AdvisorStream, uh, we rolled out um, in the fall, a quiet rollout of our artificial intelligence. And that artificial intelligence um, really works by 
machine learning. So our algorithms learn constantly what is important to each client and each prospect. And then we do develop what we call smart lists. So we'll tell our advisors, hey, here's which people are focused on which product areas and which service areas. And we then prompt them not only to reach out to those people, those existing clients and prospects, but we actually give them the most targeted one-to-one curated content, whether that's a Wall Street Journal article or a Bloomberg video or a Washington Post infographic related to the exact topic that they're focusing on, whether that's insurance or that's something else. So yeah, our platform does that in an automated way. And so there comes that word, automated marketing. And truly, we are an automated marketing platform. We're going to tell you, uh, we're going to make sure that you're consistent consistently communicating with the most valuable content, your own content and third-party content through all channels. And we're also going to give you those insights like you're asking now. We're going to tell you, here's the people that are focused on these different product areas. And as I said, we're going to help you communicate with them um, when we identify those opportunities. And you can completely automate it, um, but you do need, the advisor does need to make sure she or he is is taking a look at the analytics. The analytics, as you're asking about, are really the eureka moments or the new account opportunities are really found in the analytics. Let me take the flip side of of that. So I think everyone listening, and us included, has experienced uh, when you go on Amazon and you search for hiking, hiking boots, and then every website you see after that has ads for hiking boots. Right. And everyone pretty much hates that as yeah. far as I know. That's so right. how, how do you avoid that type of creepy, yes, we're watching yeah. whatever you do type of feeling with clients? It's interesting. I literally, just before uh, we met here, uh, I just came out of a meeting um, that where we were discussing this. Um, I won't get into the context of that meeting. But to answer your question, we don't do programmatic advertising or programmatic communications. Um, and that's really what you're talking about when you see those ads chasing you around and, and you've probably heard in the last few months, some concerns of people believing their devices are actually listening to them and then serving them ads. And who knows? I, I, I can't claim to, to know one way or another if that's happening. But I do know for a fact that there are a lot of programmatic advertising uh, platforms and solutions out there. And what they do is exactly what you just described. They literally are taking your, uh, your activities online, uh, monitoring those, and then serving up ads that they feel uh, are likely to, to get you to buy. Um, why we're totally different is we don't chase you around with ads. Um, we instead, on the behalf of our advisors uh, who subscribe to our platform, we carefully monitor what you've read. Okay. So we don't look at anything beyond that. We don't look at any, we don't, uh, we don't work with any um, services or, or, or intelligence companies that would provide, we could, we could go find out your search history. We could go find out, you know, what you're shopping for and all that kind of thing. Um, But we don't. Instead, we've chosen to create the most advanced consumption history profile for each of your clients and prospects. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like if we knew every book about finance and every book about uh, personal wealth management and retirement planning that 
in every article and book or, or video that your client has ever seen, we kind of know what parts of their financial wellness puzzle might be missing. So we don't chase around, uh, we don't chase you around or your clients or prospects around with content that might be engaging to them or might be relevant to them. We know what content is relevant to them. We have the accuracy rate for us is extremely high and just gets higher over time. Um, so the longer you're using our platform, the more accurate your content gets for each of your clients and prospects. So we, we don't do anything other than track exactly what your clients are reading and watching. We don't care about their shopping habits or anything else like that. Good to know. Cause you don't want to get creepy. No, exactly. <laughs> We're trying to avoid that. That's for sure. So jumping back a bit in time when, when you started advisor stream, you're in Toronto, eh? Yeah. Well, I, I, we, I did start it in Toronto and we do have a bunch of our staff up in Toronto, but I, I spent almost all my time, um, all over the U S like I'm pretty much, I do try to go to, back to Toronto when I can and say hello to everyone, but I'm pretty much, uh, in the U S and, and in the UK a fair amount right now, cause we're launching in the UK. For sure. So what's the FinTech startup scene like in Toronto? It's, it's actually a really robust, uh, robust uh, fintech um, community for sure um it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i think there's a few reasons for that there's a real concentration of financial services in toronto um pretty much the entire country the, the country of canada has its financial kind of heart and nervous system is toronto and toronto is closely um connected to kind of the mit of canada which is waterloo that's where all of our engineers come from almost all of them. Um, although most of our engineers have worked in the U S our, our CTO actually worked for Robox company that did a lot of work on the international space station. And he won a, he won an innovation award from NASA. So, you know, we've got some really bright minds, um, up in Toronto. Some of them are U S minds, some of them are Canadian minds. Um, but that sit, that, that close proximity of university of Waterloo to the center of Toronto is creating a real, um, FinTech, uh, scene. You should come up and see it. I'm going to be back up there in a few weeks. Um, and I, I always go to FinTech events when I'm, when I'm back in Toronto. Yeah. Are you going to a collision? I am. Yes. Everyone's very excited about that. Uh, I will be there. Well, that's wonderful. You'll have to come by the advisor stream Toronto office at that time. Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt the show, but we just need to take a quick break to talk about our awesome sponsor. This episode of Wealth Management Today is brought to you by Ezra Group Consulting. Hiring the right technology consultants can have a huge impact on your business, while the wrong ones can crater it. If your company sells software or services to the wealth management industry, Ezra Group can help you improve your products, better understand your target markets, and gain insight into your competitors. Go to ezragroup.co, that's E-Z-R-A-G-R-O-U-P.co for more information. So jumping back into uh, these other areas I have listed here that I want to talk to you about. Sure. The, some stats I was looking at show that, according to some surveys, 97% of advisors use social media. So the automation tools aren't really about getting advisors to use it because they already are. So what is That's it about right. your tool that makes them use it better? And why, why is the tool better than them? Let's say they're using social media now. Yeah. How can it improve over what they're doing yeah. now manually. 
really good question. And that's a great number. I didn't know. I knew it was high. Um, you know, we're all bombarded by uh, studies and, and I love them. Just I'll put a link. I, I just found that I saw it was on uh, think advisor. I saw that. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. That is, uh, I will check that out immediately. Yeah. So good question too. So it's not, the case is not that advisors don't have the tools today. Um, you know, back, um, way back when, when I found the company about five years ago, um, you know, advisors were still really adopting uh, the use of, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, and in some cases, Twitter, uh, in the social media world. Um, and there's, there's really two things here uh, to answer the question. One, everybody can have a LinkedIn page or a Facebook business page or, or you know, or even a blog or website, but that doesn't mean you're going to get traffic. Uh, it doesn't mean that when somebody is at one of those sites, you're going to be able to capture a prospect. There are very specific things you need to do to create those scenarios where you are getting um, consistent traffic to those channels, those social media channels. Um, and then yet to get that traffic to convert to prospecting, you need to do some very specific things. You need to get them to opt in to, to your regular email communications. And, you know, again, I, I, um, this is something Michael Kitsis is well described and so have a lot of other people and you and I have had this conversation as well, but you know, social media's value is it's a great way. As long as you have content that is highly engaging and we can talk about what makes engaging content later perhaps, but as long as you have very uh, highly engaging, incredible content on those different properties, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, then you can get, you can, convert or you can get people who you don't know prospects fresh new leads to say hey this is valuable content i'm going to subscribe i'm going to opt in to give this advisor my email address and i'm going to let him communicate with me and that's really what you want to do you want to spread a net a wide net of tools linkedin facebook twitter a website a blog and you want to use all of those channels those are inbound channels you're waiting for people to come into your linkedin page to come into your website to come into your blog so those are inbound channels you want to capture email addresses and then you want to use the only truly strong uh, and a really effective outbound channel good old email and there, you're going to see a resurgence. I'm already seeing it now. People realizing that the real, probably the most powerful digital channel is good old faithful. It's email. And if you think about it, it makes sense because the only thing you can control is something that is outbound email. You decide what you're sending. You decide when you're sending it. And, um, and that way, you know, when you're, you or sorry, you control when you can, get in front of your current clients and prospects inbound your website for example it really is up to your client or this prospect to be doing a search for a certain thing and we do help make sure that your advisor stream and other marketing tools um, make sure that uh, that your website is highly ranked that's important but remember they still have to go to your website that's an inbound and you got to think to yourself i think you just gave us the stat that 97 percent of advisors are using social media well, that's, that certainly is a lot of LinkedIn pages or Facebook business pages that I can choose to go to. And I think I, I, I you know, I would ask yourself and, and I say, and, you know, I often will say this to an advisor is in the morning, 
When you get up, do you, what do you go interact with? Well, I interact with my email first. That's the very first thing I do. And I think you'll find nine out of 10 people will tell you the same thing. Um, I don't anymore have time to go check out all the different professionals I work with personally. I don't have time to go look at their, all their websites every morning. Um, you know, I don't go to my mechanics website and my veterinarian's website, my doctor's website, you know, my, and, and maybe my advisor's website. And I have two advisors personally, you know, I don't go to both their websites every morning, but I do check my email. So <clears throat> while social media is very, as you've just, you've just stated <clears throat> is now widely, widely used. It's how effectively are you using it? Um, are you, Content is king, and do you have great content on your digital channels? If you do, capture email addresses and then consistently communicate with those people through email. So that's how these things work together, these channels. Inbound channels allow you to grow your outbound abilities. Um, so I don't know if I've kind of veered off the question there a little bit. but Not at all. It's always, more, it's always good to hear the uh, underlying details behind some of these, yeah. some of these ideas. So. Tell me, what makes engaging content? Yeah, um, this is something we're going to be spending uh, in, in 2019, uh, we're going to be really focused on, and that's content intelligence. That's what, we, what we're focused on here at AdvisorStream. Uh, we want to be able to learn from um, people's consumption of content, and we want to be able to effectively market to them or, or you know, increase account sizes, increase, uh, capture new accounts uh, through content marketing. And so what is, what is engaging content? It is content that has a few different properties. One, it's credible, okay? People, if people do not spend, there's so much information out there today and people are bombarded by different people all the time. If you're not delivering content that people find valuable, so insightful and trustworthy, uh, it's not gonna resonate. So credible first, that's why we work uh, to support an advisor's messaging and a firm, uh, an advisor and his or her firm's messaging, we find content that from Wall Street Journal, from New York Times, Washington Post, Fortune, Forbes, uh, Barron's, Bloomberg. Um, you know, we work with about about thirty different publishers, and uh, so we believe you only want to be using either content that you've created or content that your firm has created or credible third-party content. You don't want to be backing up your messaging, or let's say you have, uh, we were talking about insurance earlier, let's say you're having an insurance workshop and you want to invite all of your clients and prospects out to that, and you had, uh, you know, you want to explain how to use certain type of insurance, and you wanted to use, an, uh, you know, some supporting content to back up what your thesis is or what you're, what you're going to be talking about at that workshop, you wouldn't want to use content from, you know, Dave's insurance tips, you know, or, or some unknown, unproven uh, source of content. So the first thing with engaging content is it's got to be credible. It's got to be from a credible source. Secondly, it's got to be fairly current. And, you know, this is something people are struggling with today. Um, and it's interesting. Again, I won't, I won't quote a bunch of studies, but the length of time that a piece of content, a topic, an idea will trend will stay in, in the focus of, uh, of people is shortening all the time. So right now it's about three days, three or four days. And after three or four days, people start to think of 
a news story or an article or a piece of content as old as not no longer current. So, you know, it used to be a month, you know, if, oh, this article was written earlier this month. That was great. Today, people say, oh, my God, that was written two weeks ago. It's old news. You know, Michael Cohen, uh, you know, gave his speech, uh, uh, you know, yesterday. That's almost old news today. Uh, it, it's amazing how uh, the expectations for current, very current content have increased. And we have a couple tools here we use. One's called TrendSpotter and one's another tool, another software tool. Uh, that proprietary one, but we are able to actually watch the attention span uh, related to a piece of content. So we can actually send an article out, let's say it's about reducing student debt, um, and we can w literally see when that remained a trending piece of content and when nobody was really interested in it anymore. And we find that in about three or four days, that interest level wanes. So and it wanes almost to zero very quickly. So you want to be using credible content that's fairly current, really. And that does take access to, to, um, to credible sources that, that have large amounts of content that they're producing. And one other uh, note that I would make about uh, credible or um, engaging content is that it should come from a great source. It should be fully branded. Um, so if an advisor is sending out a Wall Street Journal article, you know, you don't want to send a link. And this is where, to answer your earlier question on how we do things a little bit differently over here at AdvisorStream compared to almost everybody who's, who's, uh, who's uh, doing uh, automated marketing with content, is that a lot of people are just linking their clients or their prospects to an article, right? So they're simply saying, hey, come and visit my LinkedIn page or come and visit my Facebook page or come to my website. And then they'll have a, you know, a picture and a brief summary of an article and they'll link their client back to that article, wherever that article is actually housed, whether that's New York Times or Washington Post or, or Wall Street Journal. And the problem with that is all three of those, uh, those publications have paywalls and, and paywalls are getting more and more and more prevalent. You're going to continue to see that. So if you're simply think you're providing your clients or your prospects content and you're doing that by linking them to another uh, a website like the Wall Street Journal, it's a terrible thing to do. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is paywalls, as I've mentioned. It's not a very good client or prospect experience if you're trying to inform them about something important to their portfolio or important to their, their financial well-being and, and they're asked to pull their credit card out and subscribe to read it. That's terrible. And even if they did have a subscription to that Wall Street Journal, if you were simply linking them to it, let's say they did have a subscription so they can access that, that article or that infographic or video, um, it's going to be surrounded by calls to action and advertising from your competitors. So, you know, if you're sending um, all your younger clients to an article about the importance of getting rid of, of, of student debt and, and building a credit rating, let's say, and you send them to, to the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, yeah, they're going to hit that paywall. Once they get through, if they get through, most of them won't. Less than 10% of people have a subscription to any um, online news. Um, if they get through, they're going to be bombarded by your competitors' advertising. And, you know, it's going to be surrounded by different firms. So let's say you work at uh, Raymond James. Um, when you send your client, if you link your client through, they're not going to see, well, they might see Raymond James, but they are definitely going to see a whole bunch of other competing advertisers. Calls to action from robo-advisors, you know, and all your competitors advertising. So to sum up on that, you know, 
engaging content is content that comes from a trusted, credible source, should be fairly current. You don't want to be sending uh, content out from months ago. Um, it should be a, on a topic, obviously, uh, that's targeted to whom you're delivering it to. And lastly, the experience should be top-notch. And in an advisor stream, that's why we've partnered directly with all the publishers so that we can avoid paywalls. There will never be a paywall when your clients or your prospects uh, interact with content that comes from our platform. And uh, you know, you're not gonna put your clients in the line of fire of your competitors. Pretty counterproductive to have worked hard to, to, to garner the trust and, and, uh, of a client only to then systematically and consistently put them in front of all your competitors' calls to action. It's just counterproductive. Yeah, that's one of the things I liked when I saw your product demo, the, how you kind of put the white space around the content. Yeah, we're, what we're doing is ingesting. Yeah, we're ingesting it, right? Like we're not sending your clients away from your website or away from your LinkedIn page or, or away from your blog, all those important channels to collect new email addresses to then nurture new prospects. We're not doing that. We're ingesting the Wall Street Journal article. We're ingesting the Barron's article into your page. So fully branded with you, your branding, no one else's branding, no paywalls, and all of your contact information and the ability to set up a meeting right through that Wall Street Journal article. I thought that was really cool. Uh, so when you've got your engaging, so we've got the, um, the tools, we have uh, the digital marketing, we've got the branding, yeah. we've got the engaging content. So how do, you, how do you know when you're reaching the right audience? Yeah, good question. There is very easy way to know this. Um, and and it, you can go back to two metrics that everybody should always be measuring um, with, with content um, initiatives and, and digital marketing in general <clears throat> is when you send content to people, what is the open rate? So these are the two basic engagement metrics that everybody can, can lean on to know how well they're doing. It's your open rate and your click-through rate. So when you send content, what percentage of people actually open it? You know, that's pretty, pretty important stuff, right? If you're sending content, do people want it? Do they open it? So that's an important metric that just as important or maybe more important is, let's say you're sending a weekly news update, which we do for all of our advisors. What is the open rate? And when your client and prospects open that news update, and our updates carry six pieces of content every Friday. Some people choose different days, but let's just, Think about that case. So we send a news update. It's got six articles and videos from different uh, credible sources that are aligned with what messaging you're delivering. So you might have a piece of content on that insurance as we were talking, maybe an insurance workshop. And you're going to support that with, with content from New York Times and Wall Street Journal, et cetera. Um, so what's the open rate? But then what is the click-through rate? So now that they've opened that communication, what rate uh, what's your click-through rate? So that click-through rate will tell you what they're reading, exactly what they're reading. Um, and, uh, and you can see which clients are reading what content. Now, we automate all of that monitoring, of course. So those are two things that you want to ask any platform, whether it's AdvisorStream or anyone else that you're working with, on their outbound communications, their email-based communications, what's the open rate and what's the click-through rate? And then you can also use the click-through rate on your social media and, and on your website. What is the rate that people actually, when they, when they go to those destinations, what is the click-through rate? What's the actual rate that they're reading your content and watching your videos? Um, so those are important. And then one other 
important, a very important thing to look out for is, is uh, subscribes and unsubscribes. It's, it's a boring old uh, metric, but if people are unsubscribing from your communications, that's a bad sign. <laughs> and if there's not net new people subscribing through your digital channels, that's also a problem. So at AdvisorStream, those are the things we watch. And no matter what platform you're using, and I hope everybody's using some digital platform today, uh, please give ours a try. But no matter what platform you're using, definitely you want to know what your engagement metrics are, your open rate and your click-through rate. We are running out of time. I want to squeeze in one more question. So you've got about a minute to, to answer this. Sure. So with more and more automated tools out there, besides just advisor streams, there's, there's a number of other products. How yes. do advisors differentiate, uh, how do advisors differentiate their content from yeah. all of the other advisors who are also using automated tools and, and, and pushing out content? Really good question. Uh, probably one of the most important questions that every advisor should ask themselves. Um, you know, I saw a terrifying study yesterday um, that I'm going to give you two numbers, but this, this one was interesting. I just, I think I read it. I wish I could remember. I think I read it wealthmanagement.com or investment news. I can't remember, but that 60% of all advisors are not differentiated. And in other words, 60% of Americans think that there is no difference between advisors. <laughs> That's not a good sign. And the other uh, uh, study that I, that I read when actually at the time that I, that you and I last met up in Dallas was um, a study that 40%, and this is an Ernst and Young insights study, 40% of current clients would have uh, no problem changing um, their relationship, their advisor relationship or switching service to a different type of service provider altogether. That's not good. So I'm just, I'm just, bringing those up because it is important that you differentiate yourself. Whatever marketing platform you're looking for, make sure that it's using one-to-one -one curated content. So that might sound like a fancy term, but really what that means is we have that, we have huge access to huge amount of content. We use each and every individual client and individual prospects consumption patterns to figure out what content that should be delivered to them. So we do that work for the advisor. So, so that ensures that our, every advisor, at least using our platform, is ensuring that they're using uh, tailored content for each of their uh, clients and prospects. So that's taking it to another level, not just making sure that each advisor has different content, we're making sure that each client is getting relevant and unique content. But your, your point is valid. Anyone, any advisor out there who's choosing a digital marketing platform, Look carefully that you're not just going to be using canned content, a content library that everyone's accessing exactly the same, you know, 20 articles or, or 100 or 200 or 1,000 articles, but that they are just canned and that they're going to be sent out to all clients, the same content, um, this evergreen, and if it's many times that content turns into evergreen content, while evergreen content or a little bit older content is powerful, can be useful, it should not be sent out alone. It should always be beside very current content to give it a sense of immediate immediacy. Um, but yeah, no matter what platform you're using, take a close look at what the content is that you're going to be sending out to clients and prospects. Remember, digital marketing only works with great content. So the content is at the center of the value of any digital marketing platform. And there are good platforms out there. I'm not 
you know, I, of course, I'm always going to promote advisor stream. I think we have by far the best content, but I'll leave that to advisors. Just make sure no matter what tools you end up using. And like you said, Craig, everything's all getting automated. So, you know, it's really important that you do that work up front, especially if it's all going to be automated for you later. You got to do that due diligence. Make sure you're really taking a hard look at what content is going to be in front of your prospects and your clients. Kevin, we've said a lot. You've said a lot. We, we, <laughs> went through, we, blew, through, we blew through an entire hour so quickly. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see you again. Um, and, and I love the work you're doing. Uh, I look forward to, uh, to finding ways uh, to work together. And, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I can't wait to, uh, to go back up to Toronto when you're there. And we'll, uh, we'll go together and check out the fintech scene. We will do that. And thank you very much for being on the podcast today, Kevin. It's a great, great show. Thank you. Hey, everyone. It's Craig again. Just a few quick items before we go. If you like this episode, please give it a five-star review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. And remember to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about on this episode. For more information on wealth management technology, you can read my Wealth Management Today blog at wmtoday.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm looking forward to talking to you all again next week.